surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. I'm not gonna lie, Braden. I think you did a much better job on that than I could. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Love and Purity Podcast, the voice of my beloved podcast. I'm here with Braden, this Aaron Hood, and we are digging into Psalm 131. We're still on the uh, Psalms of Ascent. Uh, it's been a while. There's a lot to chew on here, and uh, but we're nearing the end. Uh, I think it goes to 134, and uh, that what was played was this, the beginning of the song. Want to note that at the end of the podcast, uh, the song will be played in its entirety. So if you want to learn Psalm 131, um, which you should. Because everyone going up to Jerusalem is going to be singing this. That's right. Uh, so go ahead and get a jump on it. And uh, can't go wrong memorizing the word to song. It's like Braden's heart and passion. Uh, and there's a lot of, where, where could people go if they wanted to find more songs for memorization and scripture memorization? We've got the podcast, Scripture Memory Podcast. Okay. There's uh, a Love and Purity Scripture Memory Podcast. Scripture Memory Podcast, Isaiah 40, John. Have you added 14 to it There's yet? YouTube. Yeah, if you go to loveandpurity.com, you can okay. find... You can so, find, but is, is John 14 on there now? I know you were working on John 14. John 14, we've not finished. Not finished yet, but we have John 15, 16, 16 17. Yeah. Lots of uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Is there some of the beginning of it any yet? Nope, not that yet. Oh, maybe it's just supposed to. It's um, prophecy. Yeah. That's next. Anyway. <laughs> One day. <laughs> One day. So, yeah, lots of exciting things happen here. We're uh, glad to be back with you and uh, giving a report uh, of what we're up to. We have, first of all, the Wyatt uh, divine wedding over mm -hmm. this last weekend was beautiful. Um, yeah. Cold. The weather snapped and it got down to I think twenty three degrees the night before the wedding. Snow and, and we had snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God uh, that uh, we were all warm and and had houses and places to go to. Not everybody. We had a few hoses, freeze and something, but yeah, they still got married and uh, everyone was here. It was beautiful. I mean, every time Victoria, my wife, she's says, you know, never gets tired of seeing it. You know, it's just so it's such a holy and pure thing for young people to get married who have have everything to give to the other couple. They still, you know, haven't given anything away and to anyone else. And so that, that devotion is inspiring. Uh, especially at Love and Purity. That's like what we're all about. Right. <laughs> so um, it was beautiful. We had about hundred and sixty, I think, people uh, that came to that, a lot of friends and and uh, family that we haven't I haven't seen in a long time. And uh, it was sweet, really sweet. So uh, there is a, a new godly couple, a new marriage that's begun, and may the God, to God be the glory. So that was uh, this last weekend. We've got, just real quick, mentioned the Hanukkah Worship Weekend, um, December 23rd through the 26th. Come be a part of that. I mean, that's going to be a great time of worship. It'll be um, right over uh, some time off for a lot of you. Uh, so feel, I mean, definitely come come and uh, just spend that weekend uh, worshiping the Lord and, and fellowshipping with friends. So that'll be here at the campus in Missouri. Uh, there'll be more details uh, for that on the website, I'd imagine. And so without further ado, did you have anything you want to say about the wedding? Anything? It was amazing. Loved yeah. it. Oh, it's great. And uh, so we're going to dive right into Psalm 131.1, a Psalm of David. Here we go. So there's two Psalms of David in the uh in the Psalms of Ascent, actually, I take that back. There's uh, actually four, I believe. Okay. There's four. There's two, two in the first half, and then two in the latter half. And so here's one of the ones in the uh, the latter half. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. So here we have David, King of Israel, and he's talking about 
how he's not going to exercise himself and things too high for him. I mean, just putting this in context, can you imagine a leader today talking about how they're not going to try to get involved in too complicated of matters? <laughs> a president or a prime minister. That's too high for me. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into that. That's too high. You know? But you're you're like the highest number. Yeah, like the highest power in the world. Right. <laughs> um, and David, you know, he was. This is just who David was. He was he longed for relationship with God, and he knew that humility was a key element of that. And so I love this. You know, opens up a psalm of ascent, and then it talks about humility. Yeah. You know, and so I, that the way up is down, mm -hmm. right? There's, there's that whole spiritual truth there that he that this the psalm really highlights. And so uh, the simplicity is refreshing. Uh, there's really no sense in worrying about things that are outside of our control. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what I see David saying here. He's saying that I'm not going to worry about things that are too high for me. There's things that are outside of my ability to even mm. influence. Right. And I'm not going to worry about those things. Right. And Which just how important. Amazing, you know, as, as a king, like, you know, he had the ability to influence a lot of things. Right. <laughs> you know, quite a... Uh, uh, larger than probably you and I will ever dream of the influence that he had, you know, greatest... Right. And the the Israel's nearly peak power ever in the history of Israel, and and yet he's um, coming at it from that. My eyes are not lofty, you know, and and I think that it's such a a powerful thing to note that uh, the great matters belong. What does it say in the scripture? It says you know the simple things are for God, but the how's that verse go? Yeah, there's yeah that verse. I know what you're talking about. Um, the hidden things belong to the Lord, but the revealed things belong to us. Something yes, like that. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, that's also the same thing here. You know, it's um, re God reveals to us the things that we need to know, but the rest of the things we need to leave to him and, and, and but not just leave it to him, but put it to him in prayer. Right. You know, I think yeah. that a lot of times we kind of just do like a hands off approach and, and we don't even lift it up to him. It's like, we don't, it's like, Oh, he'll figure it out. You know, but, uh -huh. but his design is that we bring these topics up that are lofty, too high for us, you know, struggles, pains, tribulations mm -hmm. that we bring those to him in prayer and right. labor over them in prayer, because mm -hmm. that is something that, you know, he has designed us and that's how he hears us and he moves on our behalf through that. So now encouragement, not to just, if you, if you see something that seems beyond your control, like the hearts of a loved one, don't just throw your hands up in the air and be like, I can't do anything with him, you know, but you know, take it to the Lord in prayer. Right. I think of the uh, book of Acts too, where it says that the spirit was moving and they had gladness and simplicity of heart. Oh yeah. And I think it's really a fruit of the spirit. It's mm. a, it's a, a gift from God when we can not overcomplicate yes. things, you know, and just keep it simple. Right. And there's this verse in second Corinthians eleven three. It says, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And here Paul is concerned for the Corinthians. He's like, don't, just, don't get deceived. Don't be taken away from the simplicity that's in Christ. There's a real simplicity. There's a, uh, a real basic just Amen. truth and sim simpleness to what God has called us to. Don't have to overcomplicate it. Amen, amen. It's refreshing, you know that. Uh, you know, I do appreciate, and I think it's beautiful. You know, the Jewish people have been a, a great example for you know digging into the Word and pulling out hidden truths. Uh, but there is a, a beauty in the simplicity, the simplistic approach to the Word that you know the, the Lord said it, so I do it. You know, right. And um, and and I think you know in our ministry to the jail, you know, that's something that's just been very impactful for me. I've you know heard me mention it over and over again, but it, it's it, it, it. These people have. Very little 
knowledge of what even the Bible says and, and you're having to keep it simple to make it even digestible to a mm-hmm. certain um, uh, degree. And it's refreshing. I come away from that jail really impacted myself um, because what is it Mark Twain says? It's not the hidden things of the Bible that scare me. It's the things I understand. Yeah, he said, yeah, the things, it's not the things that I don't understand are the things that, yeah, something like that. It's not the things that I don't understand in the Bible that scare me. It's the things that I do understand. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. yeah. And so like that, that I, we can just continue to be impacted. I think sometimes mm-hmm. we, we, we move on because we want to have a higher degree, but man, it's just the, the simple thing of the tongue. You know, we know we've got these things or, or our, our health, you know, and the, being a temple of the Holy Spirit and taking care of ourselves. These things are just we could wrestle with those for eternity <laughs> or, or for the rest of our lives, not for eternity, glory, right. <laughs> glory. There will be relief. But for the rest of this life, we could struggle with these. We could wrestle with these things, not struggle, overcome victory little by little. Right. But, you know, he who governs his tongue is the whole body, you know, and and we all struggle with that, you know. Yeah. And so I, I think that the simplistic uh, approach is refreshing uh, to a certain degree. And I think that love and purity is kind of held to that. We, we love, appreciate Torah study, Bible study. There's depth in that, and we ourselves desire to go deeper, but we want to come back to that home plate. We want to come back to that main base of, like, Yeshua or even Jesus. Jesus loves you. Right. We want to come back to that. You know, we want to come all the way full circle and keep running by this this base, this this mountaintop to where it's like, hey, he, he still loves you. And you come back around, hey, he still loves you. The king is coming. Right. And, and with purity of heart, simplicity of heart, and with a, a, a love that is so intense from the Father, it's there to where it causes us to, we can't do anything but respond in love. Right. I, th- I think that's refreshing. I think that's really well, what we're trying to create here is a, a, a sim- and with the Harpen Farm, even, you know, the yeah. discipleship program we've got coming up in March, it's it's worship. And, and what's <laughs> what could be less theologically you know, like advanced than worship. You know, you're just praying the word, you know, and you're worshiping. I mean, that it's refreshing in Revelation. It doesn't, it just says they're just saying holy, holy. Right. It doesn't, like it didn't give this real long spiel or creed, you know, that you're saying, I believe in this, that, that, and the other. It says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So we could go on about that, but that's, that really is a, um, let your heart just revel in that this morning or whenever you're listening to it, as, as you're listening to this, the simplicity of God, that um, he's he's very near to the brokenhearted, and that um, in that place he found us, right? right? He found us in the simplicity of it, and he's not impressed by our great knowledge or wisdom that we <laughs> right. store up, you know? He's not impressed, but that simplistic, extravagant love is what he's looking for. Yeah, my mind was going to the exact same spot as far as just the, the angels, the 24 elders that are before the throne. There's... God's beauty is is incredible, yeah. awesome, amazing, and there's a complexity to it. Yes, but their response is yeah, real simple. Yeah. I mean, their <laughs> their response to the awesomeness, the incredible complexness complexness of God is just a real s- simple response. And I I do believe that what we're seeing here in David is a heart that encourages worship. Amen. Whereas some of the things that can, you know, grab our attention, you know, the, and, and like Aaron said, we, we love the deep things of God. We love mm-hmm. the deep, you know, studies and all these are great, but sometimes where those things can go wrong is mm-hmm. when they distract us from the simplicity of just coming back to the place of just awesome worship. You know, God, you're amazing. I love you. Amen. And just being able to continue to enter into that child in a sense of childlikeness. Childlike faith. Yeah, absolutely. That we don't have to, have all the mysteries of the universe figured out. Right. We just 
simply worship well, him. Well, Yeshua, you know, he's speaking to the Pharisees, you know, to these men of, of great understanding and, and depth of wisdom, you know, books of the Bible known by heart. He says, unless you come to me as a little child, you don't by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. There's, there's something that even Braden and I are constantly um, being reminded of. And, and like, like we said, it's not that we, we turn away from these deep things, but it's that we, we don't exchange one for the other. I think love and purity, the whole thing that we, we love to uh, to put forward is like, let's let's put them together. Let's put love and purity together, you know? Right. Where the purity can go right is where we don't have the love that cherish, and where love can go, the grace message is when the purity is forgotten. Right. And so, like, grace and truth, or is it mercy and truth? Mercy and truth. Have mm-hmm. kissed, you know, it mm-hmm. talks about in the in the Psalms, is it? Yeah. In Psalms. And, and, and that's just what we feel like is where the real power of God can, can come in. Hey, to where we all come and we basically say, I don't have everything. There's, but I know that Yeshua the Christ, he does. He right. has everything, and I'm going to keep going to that fountain of living water. So we right. don't have everything. If we can just confess that, I think most of us know it. But if we confess that to the Lord, and then out of that desire, like, I know that you have so much more, so a newness that you can reveal to me, even in the simple things. Right. So we haven't got very far. <laughs> Let's keep going. We're digging in here. Yeah, David, I just love how he models a life of deep surrender. You look at the life of David, uh, and he's just surrendering to the will of God. And we see that in this psalm. You know, he's just, he's, there's a sense of surrender here. And I want to look at this in uh, 1 Samuel 17. This is the whole story of David. He's getting uh, pulled into this situation with Goliath confronting Israel. And Eliab, his brother, accuses him of being, being proud. And so we see this here, uh, Eliab saying, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And so here, you know, David is being accused, I believe falsely accused, right. you know, of, of being proud. His brother's saying he's proud. And I think in our own lives, we need to... <laughs> Yes, listen to people and, and be refined by people's words, their their corrections and things. But also at the same time, we see in David that he is not deterred, Mm-mm. right? Oh, he, no. He's continuing to pursue what God has called him to do, to take Goliath down. Yeah. And sometimes the accusations, you know, the enemy's the accuser. Mm. And here, you know, we see Eliav, David's brother, actually playing into the hands of the enemy in a sense. And I believe in our own lives, we face those challenges of people saying things, mm. maybe in playing sometimes in the hands of the enemy, right. but that can't stop us right. from taking the Goliath down. And even with good intent, you know, yeah. believing that, you know, speaking in the word, you know, it's not like they realized or whatever. And, and I feel like David actually, um, his response, I believe, goes to testify that he didn't necessarily, um, yes, God ordained it for it to be so, because we know that he ordains all things, but if someone else had done it, David wouldn't have had to. Like, right. you know, David, he's coming in and he's basically just choosing to be that willing vessel. Right. Like, where any one of these, even Eliab, you know, he could have done it. You know, he could have been the one to bring the deliverance, but God had their hearts so that David could. And I think that it's the same thing for us that we have to remember that the Lord has a plan. Right. And, and it, we, because he has created us, so we are enabled either to grab hold of that and walk in that mm-hmm. or to turn away from it and God will find someone else. Right. God's plan ultimately will be done. And he knows all things. He's not surprised when we decide one way or the other. Right. But if we choose to lay the reward, it's it's for our benefit. Right. It was for David's benefit, even because he trusted in the Lord. 
he slew the giant, and from then on, the Lord used him because his heart was in the right place even before. Right. Before there was the anointing and such. Yeah. So I think that he, being, we can be accused even by friends and family. It's painful, but if we are um, confident, or even if we are a little rash, you know, but, but our desire is like David. We see in his life over and over again, his desire was to to be walk within his house with a perfect heart. Right. No matter where he was, and, and yes, he he wasn't afraid to. Um, potentially be in the wrong as long as he was a part of what God was doing. He was active. Right. I think that that's a inspiring. Yeah. You reminded me of a story I heard about Reinhard Bonnke. I don't know if you're familiar with him, uh, but he's a guy in Africa, mighty evangelist. He saw people raised from the dead, incredible things that happened in his ministry. But one day he was in prayer and he's just thanking God. Thank you so much for the ways that you're using me. And I'm just so privileged and honored, you know, something along those lines. And he felt like the spirit spoke to him and said, you weren't my first choice. I actually had two people I asked before you. <laughs> <laughs> and so just along that line, yes. you know, God is looking for a willing vessel. We see that even in the story of Esther, mm-hmm. right? You know, if, you know, if, if you're not going to be the one Esther to rise up and bring deliverance, then, well, you'll just be, you know, the, the, the baton will be passed to somebody else yes. and, and somebody else will do it. God's purpose will be fulfilled. Amen. And so, yeah, just, uh, don't miss out. Remember, <laughs> yeah, remembering that he's looking for the humble. Yeah, you know, he's looking for the humble vessel that he can use, and uh, yeah. Amen, amen, amen. So, yeah, we're just moving on here. We're having a hard time getting through this. This is all such good stuff. But we're, we're, we're coming. To- uh, yeah, I just want to look at a few psalms. You know, David. We're speaking of humility here. David's heart for humility. Uh, Psalm eighteen twenty seven. It says, "For you have, for you will save the afflicted people, but will bring down haughty looks." Another verse here, Psalm 101.5, whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. The one who has a haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. So amen. David, you know, we see it in the Psalms even. Yes. Yeah, he just he has this great appreciation for humility and a great distaste or, you know, he's the one who has a haughty look, that's the one I'm going to destroy. You know, that, <laughs> he's very, very much against the, uh, the pride, you know, the, the pride of man. Yes. So uh, then uh, Nathan has uh, told David about Solomon building the temple. You know, that he, you know, David had this desire to build the temple, but he said, but uh, Nathan comes to him and said, you're not going to be the one to do it. Your hands are stained with blood. And David's response is, it says, then King David went in and sat before the Lord. And he said, who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that you have brought me this far? He always has this perception of God, I'm surrendered. Yeah. I, you know, whatever you do for me, this is just right. Yeah, I'm just gonna amen. gonna yield to that. Yeah, he's just he's like he's glad that his son could even do it. You know, it, it's right. such a, a refreshing uh, thing. You know, to to uh, be surrendered to the to where if, if we don't even consider ourselves unjustly done, if if it, it was our heart, you know, and and what does David do? He says, okay, so I can't build it. But I'm gonna get all the stuff ready for right. it. <laughs> he said, "Do whatever I can." Yeah, I'm gonna do whatever I can. You know, and uh, that's just a refreshing approach. Hallelujah. Yeah. And then we see uh, David is being chased around by Saul, and uh, David refers to himself. You know, when when he talking to Saul as he's coming out to kill him, he says, "After whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom do you pursue? A dead dog? A flea?" <laughs> he refers to himself <laughs> in the lowest of terms. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's, it's thought that Saul chased David around for seven years. Mm. It's, that's an estimate. Yeah. You know, he's on the run for about seven years. And he's just, 
you know, he, I'm sure he struggled. And we see a lot of the Psalms birthed out of this season of, of just really grappling with God. Am I actually going to even live, you know? Mm. And, but he's, he's surrendered and he's humble. He's still humble. Yeah. You know, I'm just a, a, a dead dog, a flea. Why are you chasing me? Oh, I mean, it's so refreshing. You know, we've, we've mentioned it before how David, God, you know, delivered Saul into his hand, almost in sense. And his men are saying, right. Hey, who else in the world has not had their enemy delivered into their hand and not killed them? Right. Like, this guy has been chasing you for years. <laughs> right. And David cuts the edge of his garment and then regrets it. He's like, I, I shouldn't even have done that. Right. Who am I, you know, to lay my hands on the king's anointed or God's anointed? Right. Wow. I mean, what a, what an approach that, the, that right. we can, that he trusted in the Lord so much. Yeah. He's like, it's not got to be my hand. Right. You know, how much of us is like, you know, the Lord helps those who help themselves. You know, if we have that, we kind of, in the back of our mind, we have that, you know, right. with finances and with mm-hmm. with things. We, we, we struggle to, we say, yeah, Lord bless me, you know, but he's going to, he expects me to do something, you know, to, to bring it in. And then we, we forget his part, you know, and we, right. and we, we, but man, he's like, I shouldn't even touch him. God is going to judge him. He's the anointed of Israel. Let not my right. hand be against him. And he kills the guy who ends up. Right, actually finish finishing him off. Yeah. Um. Wow. What a surrender. Yeah. It's amazing. See that, and then just looking here, I want to look at the Proverbs. You know, I think that the Book of Proverbs is is a legacy in a way of David, because here David raises Solomon, and and Solomon is uh, carrying on this this heart for humility that we're seeing here expressed in Psalm one thirty one. So we got Proverbs twenty two four. It says, "By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life." And going on Proverbs three thirty four, surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. I need that. Yes. <laughs> Proverbs eleven two. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. And then we have the famous the six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are abomination to him, and the one of them is a proud look. Mm-hmm. And yes. so, yeah, just you know, the Proverbs and Psalms are just full of encouragement to just humble ourselves. Yeah, and I was just thinking earlier, I mentioned how David, he wasn't able to build the the temple, and he could have been like, well, then, you know, just forget it, you know, forget it all. Solomon will take care of it all. And in the same way, Moses, God says, you're not going to carry this people in. Right. But Moses still takes them as far as he can. Right. Like he, he intercedes for them. He goes through the rest of the wilderness. He nearly brings them to the banks of the Jordan. Right. He does everything that he can, even though he could have been like, well, I'm not going to take you in. Oh, my job's done. You know, just go ahead. Lord, just pass it off to somebody else, you know. Right. And But uh, he was faithful, uh, even though he longed. So he was, he was submitted to it, you know. Right. Let's go on to verse 2. Uh, it says, Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. And just want to unpack this a little bit. So, Thinking about this weaned child, the first time really in a child's life that he can't have what he wants is when he's being weaned, mm-hmm. right? Up till then, basically, you know, the mother's like, you know, at least I know my wife, she's always eager to, uh, when the when the child's upset, she's like, well, there's an easy fix. Or yeah. just <laughs> nurse. Nurse, nurse him. And so, the, but David's saying, my soul is like a weaned child. And so, this picture is a picture of a child, he's wanting the, the mother's milk, mm-hmm. but the mother's saying, no, it's time to be weaned. You can't have it. And this, the interesting picture here is that the same person that's withholding is also comforting. Because mm-hmm. David's saying, my soul is like a weaned child with his mother. Mm. And so he's, in a sense, saying, I'm being withheld from something. I, I want something, 
God is withholding it from me, mm-hmm. but he's also the one comforting me. Right. It's in this whole yes. picture. And so I think that is a real place of humility too. Mm-hmm. You know, going, going back to this theme of humility, David's saying, I'm, I've calmed and quieted my soul. I, I, my flesh wants stuff. You know, like the baby, he wants to keep nursing. Yes. <laughs> you know, and David's saying, my soul is like that. My soul is, is desiring things, but I'm calming it. Mm-hmm. I'm quieting myself. And God is comforting me. Right. I'm 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 with the one who actually is withholding mm. some things. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, this this whole picture and that that and when we can be content, you know, Paul talks about that. He talks about I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. Mm. And I believe that that place is what David's expl- describing here, like a weaned child with his mother. Um, God is comforting me, even though He's withholding some things that my flesh wants. Amen. And and that's a that's a place of humility and a place of of uh, contentedness. Yeah, because I feel like you know that child probably imagines that he needs it. You know, like right. he needs that milk. He and he has up to that point. You know, but the father he he moves us on to like we were talking about the deeper things of of the word, the meat, uh, which I think may not actually be the more profound things, but just a reality of the simpler things. It's the simple things that we have a hard right. time, you know, really grabbing a hold of. And but um, that child is having to realize that the the let's say in the case of the mother, the mother knows what he actually needs and right. trusts that. that and and so right. we we need to trust the father that he he knows because we think I will perish without this. Right. You know, <laughs> if I don't have this, I'll shrivel up and die, Lord. And and the Lord's saying, Nah, really, right? You know, not really. I know. Trust me, child. You know. Right. And um, it's just a, a level of trust. I think that the thing that has to be coupled together with the humility is a complete trust in the Lord. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if you can deny the things that obviously look like or seem like absolute necessities and you can surrender those to the Lord, like your income and when people who are in ministry, you know, they, they submit that to the father and they're saying, I'm going to do what what you would like me to do, what you're calling me to do. Right. And I'm trusting you and, and, just it's so powerful to hear stories about how the Lord provides in that way. Right. Um, when we focus in on on what His and and not strive to continue to, you know, satisfy what we perceive that we need. Right. And we'll find out that we need a lot less. I think a lot of times you yeah. know, we can, we we can operate on a lot less. Yeah. And so just coming back to this whole theme of childlikeness, and I think one of the things that we see, you know, just thinking about children there's a humility there because they realize they're not in charge. Mm. You know, as, as parents, we, there's an element of, well, we're in charge of our Mm -hmm. house, you know, but God's asking us to be childlike. And I believe one of the main ways that we Mm. express childlikeness is we say, God, and as we're seeing the Psalm, I'm not in charge. Mm -hmm. You're the, you're my father. Right. You're the one that I'm yielded to. And there's, and that, I believe that is really when it, we boil it down, that is true humility <laughs> when we come to that place. I'm thinking, you know, I grew up my whole life, you know, my parents, I love them to death, you know, learned how to be parents, you know, the hard way. And um, anytime, you know, I'd ask a question or stuff like that, you know, the, some, a lot of times the answer was because I said so. Because you know, I said so. You know, we're all familiar with that, right? Us as parents, even myself, you know, my children. But the thing that makes us childlike is in the fact that we don't, we don't expect our children to behave just because we said so, but because the Lord said, honor your parents. You know, if we could put, that's right. the childlikeness that we continue to, and even before our children, be like, I'm doing this because the word of God says this. I'm doing this right. because at a certain age, I believe I'm not giving any like child training tips here. Um, but the analogy is, is that as the children are younger, yes, complete obedience. It doesn't need to be for any other reason. 
that you you definitely don't have to argue with a two year old that you know better. Right. <laughs> you 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 know better for the child at two years old. But you know, as that child's getting older, my son's seven years old, Uziel, my oldest, and uh, I am in that transition. I'm in that transition of where complete and just unquestioned obedience isn't the isn't necessarily the ideal. It's right. still a fallback, you know, because I, I can't we can't argue we can't have that. But to bring him along intellectually, right, it takes a lot more effort on my part, and um, I have to check my motives. You know, and so like as you grow in in your child training, and the same thing with the father as we grow with him, um, he's still it's unquestioned obedience. Right. But he's as we grow in the Lord, we can't ask those hard questions of why, Lord, and how long, Lord, and you know, there's these questions that we see in the Scripture, and I think right. the father he he is actually desperately waiting and wanting us to ask those questions mm. so that he can reveal himself to us in a greater measure. Yeah, that's good. So, um, Luke eighteen seventeen. He says here, uh, talking about childlikeness, Assuredly, I say to you that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. That was I, I didn't even mean to take that. We, we read that verse a long way back. But um, again, that child, uh, we're yeah. going along with this childlikeness. It's okay to uh, put away childish things but at the same time before the Lord have that simplicity of faith and, and trusting. Yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah, verse 3, just wrapping it up. Oh, Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. And just, you know, tying the psalm together, I believe that David, in a sense, is saying, you know, I personally am kind of grappling with this whole thing. I'm being weaned, and God is, you know, comforting me. And he turns to Israel and says, in a sense, Israel, you've gone through, you know, you've gone through your own trials. Mm. You've been withheld things. And, but, Keep hoping in God, but as you mentioned, trusting in God. Yes. Keep trusting in God from this time forth and forever. He's going to be the one that ultimately satisfies our deepest needs. And so, amen. Yep, that's amen a that. Psalm one thirty one. All right. So you know, enjoy the song. You know, it's the whole song in its entirety. It's going to be coming up right now. Uh, thank you for joining us. We've gone a little bit longer than we normally do, but bless you. May you be blessed in the Lord. To as a child weaned from its mother, uh, look to the Lord. So. This is the voice of my beloved podcast where we believe that hearing and following the voice of the Bridegroom King leads to the most abundant and joy-filled life. Shalom.
Oh, my God. 